0: This is Reverend Kirk Lawton, minister at Ocean Lakes Family Camp Brown. and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that this message may enrich your life as you find God especially meaningful to you. Thank you for worshiping with us. Dr. Wallace Hamilton has a book by the title of today's message, Ride the Wild Horses, in which he speaks of the instincts, the impulses, the urges that are found within the heart of humanity. I'm indebted to Dr. Hamilton for the basic idea of what I'm saying this morning. Dr. Hamilton says that psychological research in the past many years confirms what the Bible has already, always taught, that not only in our bodies, but in our natures too crouch these untamed animals, these animal forces, which, like wild horses, sometimes run amok, and the great business of life is learning what to do with them. James, the half-brother of Jesus, in his brief letter over toward the end of the New Testament, says, what causes wars and quarrels among you Is it not your different desires which are ever at war within your bodies? That's James 4, verse 1. Then in the third chapter, verse 3, he goes on to say, We put the bit into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, and we are able to make them go where we want. Very few people, if any, will deny the fact that within mankind there are powerful forces, impulses appetites which are the great driving forces of life but we also know that these great forces cannot be allowed to run wild within us and so the problem is what do we do with them these wild horses of human instinct well I think there are three basic answers to that question the first is this let the horses run wild that's the answer of self-indulgence This philosophy says, you have instincts? Let them express themselves in any fashion. These are all natural impulses that are God-given, and whatever is natural is beautiful, and whatever is beautiful must be all right. Well, those who adopt this way of thinking today may think they have something new. They're actually following a very old philosophy. Oh, how we hear them these days, though, talking about their new morality and let yourself go and anything's all right if it means something to you. Many years ago, men discovered that within themselves they found passions and desires that they couldn't understand or control. And so they worshiped those passions. For example, Bacchus was called the god of appetite. Venus and Aphrodite were the gods of sensual love and passion. Mars was a god of war. And these heathen gods were thought by the ancients to control people and push them around. And so, since they couldn't do anything about them, they worshipped these gods. Now, of course, today we've outgrown the idea of Bacchus, the god of appetite. But many are still controlled by their own appetites. Physical appetite. I don't know of anywhere these days we have a temple dedicated to the worship of Venus. Maybe one somewhere, but I don't know about it. But there are many who are still slaves to sexual passion. We do not worship Mars as a war god. But even while I'm speaking right now, the war clouds are darkening in so many places in our world. In the Mideast, China is growing like a disease. North Korea, a powder keg ready to explode at any moment, and on and on we could go. Other nations. The idea, let the horses run wild, is not a new philosophy. It's really an old idolatry. Nietzsche, the German philosopher, said this, get rid of your pious priests and their weak-livered gospel of mercy. Purge out of your soul this disease, this devil of Christianity. Progress depends on the strong man and the strong people. Therefore, be strong. Assert yourself. Be a superman. Well, that weed of an idea was allowed to grow. Finally, it was allowed to bloom and our world stood aghast to see its hideous bloom as Hitler and his henchmen tried to put into government this idea of the superman, the super race. And so at places like Dachau and Buchenwald and Treblinka and other places, the horses ran wild, and thousands upon thousands of human bodies were dug up with cranes from their mass graves. They were piled up like hardwood and set afire. What should we do with these wild horses? The answer of self-indulgence is kill the riders and let the horses run wild. Obey your instincts. Surely, I, I hope there's nobody here this morning or even listening by podcast who would take that first answer. But there may be some who might take the second answer what we do with these passions and desires. and This really is a reverse of the first. The second says kill the wild horses. This is the idea of self-rejection. This philosophy says that our most inner desires and drives are so fierce, we just have to subdue them. The horses are wild, so we have to tame them, take the fire, the fight, the spirit out of them. Make them lie down and be still. The first thing I mentioned a moment ago, the way of self-indulgence would eliminate the riders. Let the horses run. wild. The second way, self-rejection, would eliminate the horses. This is essentially what you have in both Buddhism and Hinduism. Eliminate desire. Buddha saw desire as a source of all evil and suffering and conflict. He said, you must free your soul of desire. Cut out the roots of it. Denude your heart of every want, and in utterly passionless existence, you'll find peace of mind, contentment, and after much practice, you can come at last to nirvana, which is a state of nothingness. That's a pretty clever idea, isn't it? You have a headache, so you just cut off your head. You have passions, drives, desires within, just eliminate those. But at the same time, you'll destroy the power that makes you the person. What to do with these wild horses? Kill them, they're too evil, they're too wicked, too wild, some would say. I said a moment ago that there may be those here or listening by podcast, who would take this second answer. And there may be those. Maybe you. We have, I think, a perversion of Christianity these days, which has filtered down through the years, which really is more Buddhist than it is Christian. There are professing Christians, even today, who think there's something specially holy about being able to sit perfectly motionless all day long and think about God. Oh, what a holy person that must take. Listen, Jesus did not come to this earth to destroy our desire or even to curb it or to diminish it. Heard about a little boy who was playing so quietly one day with his father's tools out in the garage until his mother just knew he must be up to some kind of mischief. So the mother called to the little boy from the kitchen. She said, Junior, whatever you're doing, stop it kill the wild horses, eliminate your desire. Well, though the second idea has something about it that does appeal to many people, this is not the way of Christ. His way is the third way. This is ride the wild horses. That is self-fulfillment, not self-indulgence, not self-rejection, but self- fulfillment. Jesus said, I am come not to destroy, but to fulfill. You have strong passions, drives, desires within yourself. They do not have to be destroyed or subdued. Give them to God and let him put them to use for his glory. Luther Burbank discovered that every weed is a potential flower and that the very qualities which make it a weed could make it a flower. There's often a thin line between great sinners and great saints. Even today, we occasionally hear about a person who has changed completely from a form of great sin in in their life. Now they have complete dedication to the Lord. Those same instincts that made Napoleon could have made a Paul. Just look at the kind of men Jesus chose to be his disciples. Not their social standing, but look at their temperament, their personality. For example, he chose Simon, who was called a zealot. Simon the zealot. The zealot idea means a reactionary. This meant that he was a member of a fanatical, nationalistic group, that held views that were directly opposite to the people in that day who were called publicans. Jesus also chose Matthew. What was Matthew? A publican. (laughs) He was a cheat, a gambler, a tax gatherer for Rome. But Jesus knew that in every weed there is a potential flower. He knew that Matthew had within him Those qualities which, if consecrated to God's service, would be of great benefit to the Lord. And he chose Matthew. And you know, today we even have a gospel named after Matthew. These men were stormy, enthusiastic, sometimes even fanatic. Uh, We hear about fanatics today. I I like what one preacher said. He said, I'd rather try to restrain a fanatic than to try to resurrect a corpse. (laughs) Far too much of our supposed religion today is as dead as it can be. People sing I'm bound for the promised land with such long faces, it makes you wonder sometimes which of these two lands they're bound for. You know, both heaven and hell are promised in the Bible. They're promised lands. Which one are you bound for? Yeah. I like what old Dr. Vance Havner used to say, too many church services start at 11 o'clock sharp and end at 12 o'clock dull. Those whom Jesus called to follow him had spirit, had life, had turbulent passions, even though they were often misdirected. You say you have a temper? Just think what God could do with that. Eliminate it? No. God already has too many disciples who don't get mad at anything, whether it's increase of liquor outlets in a community or questionable amusement hangouts that began so cleanly and honestly and legally god needs some disciples who have a temper but a temper which is dedicated to him one which is harnessed and put to work for the lord god chose saul a man who must have had a violent temper a man who was a self-confessed fighter saul when he came to the end of his life he said i have fought a good fight He did not say weakly, I have managed to keep my temper under control. No, Christianity's greatest menace became Christianity's greatest minister. Saul, later called Paul, did not let his temper run wild, nor did he kill the wild horses. He rode them, rejoicing in their strength, which was now in the army of the Lord. There's some young people who are listening to me right now, some who have recently graduated perhaps, and others. Maybe you've passed your school days. Let me ask you, what do you do with those wild horses of your human instinct? Those who let the horses run wild often discover too late that their lives have been trampled by their own wild horses. Those who try to kill the wild horses usually find this doesn't work either. For just when you think you have a problem conquered it raises its ugly head again it's like trying to keep six balloons submerged in a bathtub of water (laughs) that's an impossible task and that's not the answer surely but there remains the third the way of christ as you surrender yourself to his lordship then jesus can bring all of your wild turbulent desires drives and to focus. And he will harness those wild horses of your own nature, using them for his majestic purposes. He can give you a new life in Christ. And certainly this applies not only to youth, but whatever our age is, we still have to deal with these wild horses. What do we do with them? Jesus is calling out to all of us day by day, let your horses be under control my control those wild passions do not subdue them or kill them but commit them to me jesus says and i will make something special out of what's such a problem to you right now but you have to make that first necessary step and that is surrender to the will of jesus christ that's why we're here every day every Sunday, to invite people to come to know Jesus as personal Lord, personal Savior. And so we invite you now. We're not asking you to walk down this aisle, but we do ask you in the name of Jesus to seriously consider committing your life to him. This is the only way of real life. That's what Jesus came to do, give us life and to give us life more abundantly. Father, help us to remember that Jesus is our friend. He's not one who is going to kill all our joy, but he's going to make joy full that we've never realized before. So help us, we pray, O Lord, to be willing right now, either for the first time or even in a recommitment of our lives, to let Jesus be Lord. This we pray in his wonderful name. Amen.